My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, and hanging out with us here. Um, uh, this is episode 133, and tonight we're going to be talking about um, pretty much all things NBA. Um, it's been a while since we kind of just dedicated a whole episode to talking basketball and kind of just getting into the nitty gritty of what's going on this season, who looks good, who looks bad, all that good stuff. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, and I guess there's no reason to further delay, so we can just go ahead and get started here. Um, so as of right now, we're more than a quarter, but less than a third of the way between uh, into the season, I should say through the season. Um, so most teams have played about 24 games at this point out of a total 82. So obviously things to keep in mind as is with any dive into sports early into the season is that a lot of things can change. Teams can go on streaks. Um, players can go down with injury, all that kind of stuff. So things can change very quickly. Um, yeah, we've seen it happen in the past. We can see it happen again. I mean, we've even seen this season, you know, the Suns went on a 18-game winning streak. Um, the Rockets started off um, like 1-14, in 14, but now they're on a six-game winning streak, and they have the longest streak in the NBA right now, active. Um, so, you know, it's all just about, you know, making it through the season and making it through to the playoffs. So anyways, that being said, um, let's take a look at the East first here. Um, so right now the nets sit atop the East at 17 and seven. Uh, the bulls are a half game back at 17 and eight. Uh, so as of right now, the playoff picture for the East is from one through eight nets, bulls, bucks, heat, whiz, 76ers, Hornets, and then Cavs. Um, so right away, just from the last time we kind of talked when it was only a handful of games into the season, the Nets have obviously improved a lot. They were outside of the picture, the playoff picture, a couple games in. Now they're the first seed. Um, the Bulls still standing up, steadily staying at the top there. They're the second seed right now, again, 17 and 8. Um and then kind of the middle chunk here has stayed mostly the same with the Bucks, the Heat, the Wizards, the Sixers, the Hornets. Um, we did see the Knicks up there for a little bit uh, towards the beginning of the season, but they've kind of slumped recently. Um, so they're, I think, 11 and 12 right now. Um, and then the Cavs riding it out at the eighth spot, uh, which I think is definitely a surprise, especially, you know, <clears throat> now with Colin Sexton, out for the year um, with, I think it was a foot injury or maybe a, a, a meniscus or something um, that required surgery. So he's out for the year and he was definitely coming into the season, their best player, but obviously 
their star rookie big man, Evan Mobley doing a lot for them. Jared Allen is still doing great for them. Um, and you know, you got guys like Darius Garland out there who are really getting time to shine now. Um, Ricky Rubio. So they're kind of just like a ragtag, get it done kind of team, which is, uh, really fun to watch. Really exciting that they're in the playoff picture and they're, you know, eighth seed right now in the East. That's fun. Um, so outside of those eight just outside on the bubble currently are the Hawks the Celtics and the Knicks like I said the Knicks um, were initially kind of up there in the mix before the Hawks were up there as well in the mix Uh, they've kind of trailed off a little bit the Celtics have just been really weird this whole season Um, it feels like this whole season so far has been a will they won't they with just like being good or not, um, as well as then a lot of hearsay and talk, not necessarily any rumors with any concrete evidence or, or, or factual backing, but a lot of talk um, about should they, you know, break up the duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum of is it just kind of not working between the two of them? But then also, you know, remember earlier in the season, Marcus Smart publicly saying basically, you know, none of us are getting involved in the offense and we can't make any of these shots um, or play well because those two guys won't pass the ball at all. Um, so, you know, maybe some a little bit of frustration within the locker room there as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out for the Celtics. Um, they've picked it up a little bit now. They don't look as shambles as they did at the beginning of the season, but again, still on the outside looking in. Um, I believe they are over 500 right now, um, but they did just lose to the Lakers last night at, um, in Los Angeles. But <clears throat> right now, um, I, I think another one of the big stories in the East is with the Nets with Kevin Durant, um, A, just kind of carrying that team. Um, you know, it's no surprise. It's no shock to anyone that, um, you know, we all know that outside of their big three, they don't have a ton of depth on that team. Um, but what we've seen, especially now with Kyrie Irving, not playing so far this season and potentially the entire season, um, you know, a lot more is falling on the shoulders of Kevin Durant and James Harden. And for a good part of this season so far, though, he has shown signs of life. Um, James Harden definitely looking to be looking out of sorts. Um, definitely seems as though he's very thrown off by these new foul changes. Um, I think everyone kind of expected him to be affected the most out of everyone. And it, that does seem to be holding true so far. Um, like I said, like he's definitely shown signs of life. He's had some really good games. Um, I think it was against the Knicks last week that he had like almost 30 points in the first half or something like that. So still figuring it out, um, getting adjusted. You know, he hasn't shot the ball super well either, but he's kind of taking on more of the, even more of the point guard role than he had last season, Um, especially with Kyrie Irving now being out. Um, Blake Griffin, really not looking good for them so far. He's actually been moved to the bench. Um, He offensively has contributed pretty much nothing at all this entire season. Um, his shooting numbers, um, and his efficiency numbers are 
way, way, way down. Um, so he's out of the rotation. Um, I know Nick Claxton's been dealing with some injuries. So I know Joe Harris is out for a little while as well. Um, I think he got like foot surgery or something um, or ankle surgery. So I know he's out for a month or two at least. Um, so they're, you know, dealing with some issues. But that being said, they're still number one in the East. They have a 17 and seven record. Um, and Kevin Durant really shouldering a lot of that load for them. Um, you know, playing a lot of minutes. And um, I saw, I think it was last night or this morning uh, that he he kind of responded to almost like criticism from the media and from report and from like journalists of saying that he's like playing too much and he's logging too many minutes and it's, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And he just, you know, immediately, I can't even say like denied it. Cause it's like, it is fact. He is playing a lot of minutes, but I guess he was just like, you know, I'm in control of like how much I want to play. Um, and you know, uh, right now I just really want to be playing basketball and doing all I can to help my team. So I think it makes sense. I think that's fine. I do understand the cons- cause for concern. I think he is averaging over 40 minutes a game so far, which is quite a lot. Um, you know, most people don't ever really average more than about 38 minutes a game. Um, and that's still going to be the high, high end of people logging minutes. So to be over 40 is a lot, especially when you consider it's a 48 minute game. Um, you know, that's basically two minutes of, of rest each quarter. Um, so, and we saw even last year in the playoffs, there were several games where he did not rest a single second and he played every single minute of some games. So it doesn't seem to really be affecting that much. His productivity is high as ever. He's him and, uh, Steph Curry keep going back and forth for like, who's leading the league in scoring. Um, and he doesn't seem to be exhausted. Um, you know, he has a relative, well, I shouldn't say that his play style, I think allows him right now to play a little bit more minutes without kind of exhausting himself. Um, you know, not necessarily to the degree of someone I'm trying to think of like, uh, like a, a Duncan Robinson or someone who they kind of, you know, their role is to kind of just park out by the three point line um, and wait for the ball to come to them, you know, maybe do some off ball movement, but it's just to get open for three. You're not really driving or posting up at all. We are seeing Kevin Durant doing a decent amount of that, but um, you know, not overexerting himself. And again, doesn't seem to be over, you know, exhausting himself from game to game. So it is what it is. Um, the Bulls, I, I I still... Listen, I know they're a lot of fun to watch. DeMar DeRozan is, you know, a candidate for MVP. Lonzo Ball is looking like the Lonzo Ball we always thought we were going to get in the NBA. Um, Vucevic is still kind of doing his thing. Caruso is, you know, putting his name in contention for Defensive Player of the Year, blah, 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 blah. Um I still just don't have that much faith in this team for the playoffs. I just don't. Um, You know, DeMar DeRozan had a great career in Toronto, um, but 
Toronto kind of never was able to get over the hump when he was on the team in the playoffs. A lot of first-round exits. They did make um, a Western Conference Finals run with him, um, but obviously every year you're kind of going up against LeBron James at that point. Um, but then kind of as soon as he was traded for Kawhi, um, they do end up winning the finals. Again, I'm not saying that it was entirely on DeRozan, but um, maybe not necessarily the kind of X-factor leader you're looking for in the postseason, but maybe he can be um, at this point in his career. Lonzo Ball, no playoff experience, really. Um, Caruso has a, a ring with the Lakers. Um, but he's more of a role player, so he's not going to be like a veteran playoff, you know, experience there. So I don't know. I just I feel like it's a it's still an a postseason inexperienced team, and that could that could work for them, but it could also definitely harm them. So, um, you know, at this point they'd be playing the Hornets in the first round, um, which would be really fun to see the brothers go against each other in the playoffs. Um, but once it gets to them having to play a team like the heat or the bucks or the nets, like I just, I cannot take them in that series at this point. Um, maybe I just haven't watched them enough, but, or maybe I'm just kind of cynical, but you know, they're fun to watch. They're a really good regular season team so far. They've definitely, they're surpassing a lot of expectations, but, um, at this point again, it's still just, it's the regular season. So we'll see what happens. Um, Outside of that, you know, nothing too crazy going on with these teams. Everything's kind of remained the same. A couple of, like, noteworthy um, things happening in the East. So just yesterday, I think it was, um, Bam Adebayo had thumb surgery. So he will be out for four to six weeks. So that's a big loss for them. Um, You know, having another great season for them. Uh, The Heat just are looking really good this year. Um, You know, Definitely a big loss for them. I think it would be bigger of a loss if it was someone like a Jimmy Butler or uh, even a Tyler Hero. Um, obviously, still a massive loss for them for four to six weeks. It's, it's going to be a big hole to fill. Um, you know, looking at PJ Tucker and um, Markeith Morris mostly to be filling that time, which are not bad backups to have, but it's just going to be a big drop off from any down to anyone when you're coming from Bam Adebayo. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. He can come back soon um, before the four to six weeks. That'd be great for the heat. Um, but definitely something to look out for as they are the current four seed in the East. Um, and then outside of that, the Pacers kind of this week have made it known, I guess you could say that they're kind of heading into rebuild mode. Um, they're sitting towards the bottom of the East right now, um, and have, have struggled this season to kind of get any momentum going for themselves. So they fairly obviously are going into rebuild mode. They've made Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis and Karis LeVert all available on the trade block. So we'll see if any of them do end up getting moved. I mean, the trade deadline is in February, so there's plenty of time, but it's still pretty early for a trade to happen, but they are already making it known that pretty much anyone on their team is available at this point, you know, especially putting their three biggest stars on the trade block. So we'll see what happens with that. A little bit of an interesting move, but I guess, you know, it is a little bit of a precarious position in time for an organization like the Pacers where they, 
you know, new coach with Rick Carlisle. Um, and you've kind of tried to make this relatively this same lineup work for a few years now and haven't really been able to, you know, they were the four seed two years ago, but got swept by the heat. I mean, obviously Oladipo went down for them. So that was a big loss. Um, and then last year, um, I can't even remember if they made the playoffs last year or not, to be honest. Were they one of the play? I think they were one of the play-in games and they lost. Um, gosh, I can't remember who they played. Was it the Hornets? No. Well, whatever. It doesn't really matter. I can't remember, but they, they barely missed it on the playoffs last year. So this whole thing with Sabonis and Miles Turner and then, you know, more recently getting Karis LeVert, but also... Um, they have, um, Malcolm Brogdon on the team, TJ McConnell, um, who, who've been making some noise for them, but just haven't really been able to get anything going and, and, and really kind of get any sort of momentum going. So I guess they're just trying to blow it up and get some trade value and some picks back. Um, which is interesting, especially with someone like DeMontis Sabonis, who has gotten consistently better every single year since he's been in the NBA has, I think he's a two-time all-star at this point. Um, you know, won some skills competitions, I think, but a really good two-way player um, has vastly improved his offense since coming into the NBA and his defense has only gotten better too. One of the better rebounders too. So <clears throat> it'd be very interesting. I mean, Karis LeVert was one of the hottest names a couple years ago for the Nets. Um, He's having a bit of a down year this year, so it's hard to truly gauge his trade value, especially coming back from some of those health issues he was having when he was traded. But, you know, I think they should be able to get some decent value for them. I was a little surprised to see them just kind of make everyone available, but I guess, you know, that's just the route they're wanting to go. So that's what they're going to do. Um, all right, so that's kind of all I have for the East at this point. Uh, let's move to the West. So <clears throat> sitting atop the West are the Warriors and the Suns tied for first, um, both with 20 and four records. Um, and they both each have a win over each other that came three days apart. Um, so the standings currently in the West in order from one through eight are Warriors, Suns, Jazz, Grizzlies, Clippers, Lakers, um, Mavericks, Nuggets. So outside of looking out, on the outside looking in, excuse me, on the bubble right now are the Timberwolves, the Blazers, and the Kings. So right now, the Warriors and the Suns both, I think, fairly easily and obviously are the two best teams in the NBA outside of the fact they have the two best records in the NBA. Uh, they, I mean, like I mentioned the other day or earlier, excuse me, the Suns just came off of an 18 game winning streak, um, <clears throat> and have looked phenomenal. The Warriors, same record as the Suns, and they did just snap their, um, their win streak the other night. However, you know, Devin Booker did miss that game. Um, so Obviously, that's a factor. I mean, you can say the same thing for the Warriors with not having Klay Thompson. Um, 
but you know, just that is just kind of a noteworthy piece in general about the Suns is that Devin Booker is missing some games with, uh, I think it was a pulled hamstring. So it'll probably be a couple more days, maybe a week until he's back in the rotation. So they've been able, that's the only loss that they've suffered without him so far. They've won, I think against the Pistons and the Spurs last night or two nights ago without him. So they still look good. The Warriors, uh, you know, what do you say about the Warriors where they're 20 and four for most of the season have had the number one record in the NBA and their second best player hasn't played a single minute with them so far. Um, I think you can probably make an argument for this being the biggest one of the biggest surprises in the NBA right now, I don't think many people thought that a quarter of the way through the season, the Warriors would be pretty far and away the best team in the NBA right now um, or tied for being far and away the best team in the NBA right now. Um, Steph is looking great. He's in MVP form. He's leading the league in scoring. Um, Draymond Green is doing his triple single thing. Jordan Poole is making a case for most improved player. Um, and is really contributing for them. Andrew Wiggins, if there was such a thing, would be putting his name in contention for two-way player of the year. Um, you know, and then you got guys like um, Juan Toscano Anderson coming off the bench, who was a real big help for them. Um, you know, they got some some good role players there that'll help. They're helping out Gary Payton Jr. or the second, uh, whatever he goes by. Um, <clears throat> They got a really good team there. And again, Clay Thompson hasn't played a single minute yet. So that is definitely something to look at for. He did say he was hoping it would be a couple weeks to a month last week. So originally they were saying maybe around Christmas time or New Year's. So it's looking like that's still on track to be right around, right around when he will be getting back with the team. So We'll see what happens with that. I mean, I'm very excited for him to come back just because he's had to miss two straight years with two devastating injuries, uh, which is just brutal. So happy that he's going to be able to come back and just play basketball at all. Um, We'll see what kind of shape he's in and how, if those injuries affect him at all. I mean, tearing your ACL is relatively hard to come back and be in the same form that you were. Um, Tearing your Achilles is something that's really hard to come back from and be in the same form, but to do both of those in two straight years, one right after the other, um, and then have two years of not playing in the NBA at all. That's a lot, lot working against him. And again, I hope that it's like nothing happened and he's back to, you know, back to normal, but we'll see. So that'll be an interesting thing to kind of watch play out. But then on top of that, just how do the Warriors then fare and how do they change with him being inserted back into their starting lineup? Um, cause right now, again, Jordan Poole has been playing fantastic for them. He, they have a real good rhythm going right now as a team. And so inserting Clay Thompson back in is going to disrupt it. I'm not going to say it's going to make it worse or better, but it will disrupt, like it is going to change it a hundred percent because <clears throat> people's minutes are going to be going down. People's shot attempts are going to be going down. Um, they're not going to be as involved in the offense as they are right now. So things like that to look out for. Um, the Warriors typically have a good culture as a franchise that doesn't really value that stuff very much on an individual basis where they're not too concerned about like their 
their points average or how many shots they're getting a game. They're, they're good at create creating a culture of just team first. Let's get this dub <laughs> um, and, and do whatever we can to win a championship. So I think, I think there won't be that much of an issue, but it is, you know, hard to tell. And then obviously just with the chemistry and flow and the, even just like the plays that they run, that's all again, going to be changing with Clay Thompson coming back. Um, you know, different player than Jordan Poole. While they do have a lot of similarities in their play style, Jordan Poole is not Clay Thompson. You know what I mean? So, and then, yeah. And then, you know, we just don't know what kind of Clay Thompson we're going to be getting. So we'll see. Um, either way, exciting time for the Warriors and for their fans. Um, even though they have some of the most obnoxious fans in all of the NBA. Um, another kind of noteworthy thing um, that we're seeing, actually, you know what? I'm going to hit that at the end because that's kind of separate. So one thing that I kind of noticed in researching for this episode and preparing um, is for the first time, it feels like in years uh, that the Eastern conference is better uh, than the Western conference and is more competitive. Um, When you look at it from a statistical standpoint, the average win percentage of the Eastern Conference is. Wait a minute. I did this wrong. I calculated this wrong. That's why it was so close. Well, scratch that because obviously it's going to be 50% because everyone's going to, like, it's. There's two teams, someone wins, someone loses. So it's going to end up being 50 50. I should have done it with just the playoff teams. But anyways, a similar thing, just not as broad. Uh, The West has two teams under 500 in the playoffs right now, Um, being the the Mavericks and the Nuggets are both. um, The Mavs are one game under 500. The Nuggets are two games under 500. Uh, The East has none. In fact, the Hawks and the Celtics both are over 500. The Knicks are almost right at 500, but they're not. So the Hawks and Celtics are over 500, um, but not in the playoffs in the East. And so right now in the East, the the Knicks are the 11th seed, uh, but they would be the 7th seed in the West. So kind of showing you a little bit of the disparity between the East and the West, which surprised me because year in and year out, um, it just feels like the West is always more competitive um, their playoff race is tighter. The teams that are making into the playoffs have a better record than the teams making into the Eastern playoffs. Um, so very interesting now that the tide has kind of turned a little bit, at least again, for now with the East having, uh, more teams over 500 than the West. Um, and obviously, cause you know, you have the Warriors and the, Suns up at the top at 20 and four. Um, and then the next team is the jazz who are the three seed and they're three and a half games underneath them. And then another, another, I think two and a half or three games below them are the Grizzlies. And then it kind of bunches up where more people have similar records. Um, whereas in the East, the nets are 17 and seven, the bulls are a half game back from them. I believe the bucks are only one or two games back from them. And then that's right where you get, like, it's just immediately from the top. It's just, everyone was within four or five games of each other. Um, 
So right now, more competitive. We'll see how that goes. I think just with how you've seen these teams play, that seems like it'll hold because, well, you'll, you know, depends on when the Nuggets get Jamal Murray back. Um, if he's back this, this season. Um, and if they, if they do, that'll definitely give them a boost. And it feels like they're a team where they just have a slow stop or they're going to figure it out. So I'm sure that they'll, they'll move up a little bit. Um, the Mavs, like, I don't know what's going on with them. Luca's having some issues. He was an early play, uh, early MVP candidate, but obviously you could still make a case for him being, um, MVP, but they're, they're kind of on, I think a three or four game losing streak right now. And they just, the entire season just feels like they haven't still really figured it out at all. And it seems like the whole, you know, GM and, and coach being fired and, and just all the weird stuff with the organization, um, all the changes over this off season feel like they haven't really made any difference. Um, the Lakers are really struggling, which, some people like myself saw coming, but some people are surprised by, but they're the sixth seed right now. I don't expect them to get any better. I, I don't think they're going to be a top four seed in the West. Um, and then the Clippers and Grizzlies, they're kind of just dealing with some consistent injuries. Um, so I'd expect the Grizzlies to probably drop off a little bit. I don't think they can hold this four seed and the Clippers are probably going to stay right around there. But all that to say, it feels like those teams towards the bottom are going to stay towards the bottom and stay kind of still figuring some things out. And I don't think that the wolves, the blazers or the Kings currently will be able to make any sort of a run to, I mean, they may push one of those bottom teams out. Like they may push like the Mavs out or something like that, or maybe even the nuggets, but I don't see them making a push to like, the fourth or fifth seed are really being able to make much noise in the playoffs. Um, whereas in the East, you can definitely see the Hawks making a good run and making it to the fourth or fifth seed, the Celtics, depending on if they figure things out. Same with the Knicks. If those two teams get back to more of what they're doing, especially the Knicks last year, um, they will definitely make a playoff push. Um, Sixers, we'll see what happens with them. Um, with still no Ben Simmons, we'll see if they get anything back for him this year and can trade um, and make a push to go for a higher seed. Um, I'm very interested to see if the Cavs hold on to a playoff seed right now, especially with Sexton going down. We'll see if they can kind of keep this momentum going. But anyways, all that to say, it feels like the East is more competitive. There's more teams vying for a playoff spot and it's more compact within the playoff spots. Whereas the West feels like it's kind of the Warriors and the Suns are at top. And then there's kind of just like everyone else. Um, and it feels like it's almost like a, a set thing of like, it's probably going to be the Warriors and the Suns in the Western conference finals. Whereas the East it's like, I can see the Nets making it the Bulls, the Bucks, the Heat, I could see the Sixers making a push. You could again even see the Hawks making a huge push to get back there again. So it's anyone's game in the East, I think. Um, so the only other thing then, well, let me get to this real quick. Another quick statistic. So 
the strength of schedule um, for teams for the remaining games. Um, there's about 56, 57 games left in the season. Um, and right now the Lakers have the hardest schedule remaining for the rest of the season currently. So strength of schedule for those who don't know, basically what it does is it looks at the win loss record of every team left for, so for the Lakers, everyone that they have left to play, it takes their current um, win loss record and then combines it all into an average um, and then that's like the strength of schedule of like how good are the teams left that they have to play. So right now the Lakers have the hardest with um, 51.5% win percentage left for their strength of schedule. The Clippers right behind them at 51.3 and then the Bucks right behind them at 51.2. And then I think after that, it's like the Magic and like the Pistons or something. Um, so the Lakers right now already sitting low at the sixth seed looking like they haven't figured anything out with this team very little chemistry um and they have the hardest schedule left in the season so you know a lot of times you can look at a team like that and be like well maybe they'll figure out they'll get it going and they'll get on a good streak you know they'll have some favorable matchups which they still will obviously it's not like the strength of schedule is like 71 percent or anything but it is they do have of all the teams the hardest schedule left in the NBA and they are still in a position where they need to figure something out or their season could be over fairly soon. So just, you know, an interesting note again with the Clippers too, right below them, they seem to have a little more figured out Paul George. It's kind of like they know like this is his team right now. Um and then they should hopefully be getting Kawhi back. I think in March is what they're saying right now. Um, so that'll be perfect timing for them to make a playoff push and then for him to be pretty fresh, hopefully, and ready to go for their playoffs. Um, and then the Bucks at th in third. Um, and that's just a team where you're not really worried about it because they're the three seed right now. They, you know, they have been dealing with some rotation issues with, you know, Middleton missing the first chunk of the season. Um, Dante DiVincenzo still dealing with his injury from the playoffs last year. Holiday's been in and out of the lineup. Um, so definitely they have some things that they're still ironing out. But with all that being said, they're still the third seed. Giannis is still Giannis and is still having incredible seasons that we're just used to at this point. So I'm not nearly as worried about the Bucks kind of keeping their place as I would be for the Lakers or the Clippers for that matter. Um, so then the last kind of note here that I wanted to talk about here, um, Damian Lillard. So his name is in the news again this week, um, for a couple different reasons. And it feels like once again, anything that's coming out, he's just like outright denying and saying it's not true. Um, which it's starting to get to the point for me where I just like, I, I want to like block his name on Twitter, not him because he's not the one who's really setting out any of these rumors, right? Like he's, 
like obviously we're back to oh he wants to be traded and if he you know he's asking for an extension to his contract a two-year hundred million dollar extension to his contract um they just fired their gm so they're looking for a new one and apparently um like no gm wants the job right now because none of them want to give him that extension because they don't think he's worth it but then on top of that apparently there's a lot of issues between the players and Chauncey Billups, their new head coach for this season and kind of, you know, they're not gelling. It's not working for them. And so the trade rumors are flying again of if he doesn't get his extension or if they don't pick a GM that he wants or something, then he's out and he's going to demand a trade. Um, which he has once again come out and outright denied and said that is just not true. If you're not hearing it from me, it's not true. Or I didn't say it, whatever. Um, so as of right now, denying that he wants to be traded. Um, and it's, it's, it is one of those things where, you know, obviously I don't know Damian Lillard personally. I know him just from interviews, his online presence, and just him as a player. But from that stuff, it just feels like it wouldn't be in his nature to be like, I want this extension or like I'm demanding a trade. It just, the loyalty that he's showed to Portland and to the Trailblazers organization through all of the mishandling of their off seasons with him and like not surrounding him with any pieces really at all. Um, he is stuck with them and never demanded a trade and never, you know, tried to make them look bad or anything like that. Like we haven't had any Ben Simmons situations with him. So it just doesn't sound like it would be in his character to do something like that. But speaking of Ben Simmons, um, supposedly Lillard has told his teammates or, or journalists or something. Again, I don't know. Like this is something that I'm pretty sure he denied this as well. So I don't know where this information necessarily came from. But suppose that allegedly he is interested in the idea of playing alongside Ben Simmons um, and doing so in Portland. Um, right now, it seems like there is no, no interest from the Sixers in making that trade happen. Um, obviously, the big piece that the Sixers would be getting back would be CJ McCollum. Um, but apparently... The Sixers just have no interest in CJ. They don't want to trade for him. Any any trade that he's involved, any trade package that he's involved in from the Blazers, they just like immediately turn down and are like, nope, we have no interest in that. We don't want McCollum. Um, which at that point, then it's like they're not going to be interested in a trade because the Blazers aren't going to offer up Lillard for Simmons. Um, you wouldn't think at this point. And there's no one else who has high enough trade value to get Simmons back from them. Um, but even still, on top of that, um, what kind of hurts that value now, too, for McCollum is that he just went down with a collapsed lung uh, last night, which is really brutal. Um, I don't know what, like, the typical timetable is for collapsed lungs. I don't even know, like, what does that really even mean? Like, how, like, what, like, I don't understand how he's breathing right now because I just don't understand medically how that works. So I have no idea what the timetable recovery for that is. I don't know if that's like a thing where it's like, hey, he may never play basketball again. 
I have no idea, but regardless, I'm wishing an absolutely speedy recovery and full recovery for him. Um, but regardless of that injury, before he went down with that, um, the Sixers were saying they had no interest in McCollum. And obviously now, again, that is, that's just going to only hinder their in, potential interest in him moving forward. So interesting to see um, at this point still seems like there are no suitors um, for Ben Simmons. We haven't heard any rumors about trades for him since the season started at all. He is still not playing for them at all. He's still getting fined. Um, I don't know if he's actually still getting fined every game from missing them. I haven't like, we haven't heard really anything about him in a while now. So I don't know if he's still not getting any of his game checks or not, or if he's kind of following enough of the Sixers rules where he, it's kind of like excused absences almost. Um, I'm not really sure, but haven't really seen any trade rumors for him this whole season so far. Lillard, supposedly, this is another thing that came out over the weekend, I think, or earlier this week. Supposedly, there are four teams who have sent multiple trade packages to the Blazers and are very interested if they do end up making him available for a trade. We don't know what those teams are. Um, Supposedly, according to Stephen A. Smith, which I don't really put any sort of weight behind what he says, especially when it comes to like sourced material. But apparently if Lillard were to leave the Blazers, the only place he would have any interest in going is the Knicks, Um, which obviously as a Knicks fan, I would, I would love that. I think he's definitely a step up from Kemba Walker or um, Emmanuel quickly or Alec Burks. Um, but I don't really, I think they would probably have to trade Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, like maybe even like Emmanuel quickly in that package. Like they'd have to send a decent amount back to get Lillard, which at that point, I don't know if it's worth it. Um, but I don't really know where else, like I'm trying to think of other teams that would be in, you would think maybe the Celtics would be involved in those trade talks and 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 in sending Jalen Brown back. But again, that's another thing is supposedly Lillard has said that he wants to play with a defensive-minded, like two-way guard. So that's where Ben Simmons' name came up. But um Jalen Brown's name was in there as well as Aaron Gordon, which I don't really I don't know. I just don't think nearly that highly of Aaron Gordon as I do of Jalen Brown or Ben Simmons. Um Sorry about it, but that could be another possibility is seeing them try to pair up Lillard and Jalen Brown in Portland and sending McCollum back to the Celtics, which would be interesting. Um, I don't really know where else you... Like, who else would be interested in in Lillard? Um, I guess maybe the Pacers could be, you know, send... Karis LeVert or or Sabonis out to Portland um, for Lillard, but I'm not sure. I I still don't think Lillard goes anywhere. Um, I think he's going to stay in Portland for his entire career. That's something he's kind of always said. And at this point, there's so much like crappy stuff and bad management has happened in his career already where it's like, if he hasn't demanded a trade at this point, I don't think he ever will. 
So I think he just remains in Portland and maybe they end up able to trade McCollum um, and get some good trade value back for him. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, And then the only other rumor that I saw today was that supposedly Luca has now also said that he would be interested um, in playing with someone like Ben Simmons. So I don't see that happening at all. I don't see Simmons getting traded to Dallas because I don't really know what they send back. Maybe Porzingis, but like Porzingis and Embiid doesn't make any sense. Because again, the Sixers are still have a massively high asking price for Simmons. And the only two people that would they like that are on the superstar level that they would want in return would be either Luca or Porzingis and the Sixers, I can already tell you, would have no interest in Porzingis at all because they already have Embiid, who's a much better version of Porzingis. So I don't see that team up happening either. Um, but anyways, that's kind of um, what's going on in the NBA right now, at least in my uh, in my world of following the NBA. Um, I think it's been a good season so far. Uh, you know, again, we're still barely a quarter of the way through, so tons can still happen. Lots of trades can still happen. I think this will be another exciting trade deadline in February. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we see Simmons moved, McCollum moved, um, probably all three of those people from Indiana moved, Jalen Brown potentially moved. Um, it could be an exciting time. Maybe even Andrew Wiggins moved as well from the Warriors. So, We'll see, but that's a long ways away. Right now, we are still just in December. Um, But uh, yeah, so that's all I have to say about that. Um, Make sure you're following the podcast on social media. Um, Facebook and Instagram are Sports Talk with Swag. You're going to make sure, want to make sure you like the Facebook page because we live stream every episode um, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So. You don't want to miss those. Uh, Twitter is stwscast. Make sure you follow that because I'm the most active there. Um, and you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, um, Stitcher, anywhere anywhere you listen to podcasts, this show is available to listen to. Uh, you can write an email to sportstalkwithswag at gmail.com. If you have a question you want me to answer, if you have a topic you want me to cover, if you have a critique of the show, I'm all ears. So send an, send an email over there. Um, make sure you leave a five-star rating anywhere you can. Give me feedback. I'd love to hear what you have to say about the show. Um, but other than that, I want to thank you guys for listening and for hanging out with me. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.